Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Yeltica Futon Thursday Night Hangout. How do we know for sure it's really Thursday and not some alternative universe where it's actually Monday? Because even though we're in upside down La La Land, if it was not Thursday, we would not be doing the show. But that's my point is how do we actually know it's Thursday and not we're mistaken with our identity and maybe you tricked me. No, sir, because damn it, we know. We know. Okay. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly live show for you. We take your comments, topics, and questions and try our best to cover them with you during this week's show. If you didn't get a chance to submit your topic, question, etc., have no fear. You can drop them in the chat and we will add it to our show. If we do unfortunately run out of time, those topics slash questions will be added to next week's show. Next week's show, indeed. Next week's show, 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 show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me get this right off the bat. If you are of age and you have not yet, go vote. Zelius, have you voted? I have not yet. I have. I think you've got to be, what, 18? When can you vote? I don't even know anymore. It's 18. I'm too old. All I know is that I can vote, and I went. It took me just under two hours, but I, I went. Very nice. You are a man among men. Well, thank you, thank you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are curious as to if you are registered to vote or not, just go to vote.org and you can find out. It is very important that you, my friends, go vote for whatever you want to vote for. Just, you know, a voice of the people, that kind of thing, you know. Or for Georgia, you could always go to the official location. Because as a friend of my parents, if you go Google, like, Voting, early voting, you may get on a um, certain affiliated website that basically tells all people of a certain other affiliation that you are not allowed to early vote. Fantastic. Well, with all that craziness, let's jump into our show, shall we? Indeed, sir. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you may have noticed, or I hope you noticed, uh, the past two days were the Amazon Prime Day. Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Prime. So I do have to ask, you know, I, I'm obligated to ask if anyone out there remembered that it was Amazon Prime the past two days. And if so, did you get something awesome? Uh, I did not know until my web traffic was blowing up with Amazon Prime everywhere. Um, I did actually end up buying. So I got a new MacBook for school. Sweet. And the dilemma is, is everything is all USB-C on it. Which is, so to be sweet. fair, the future of stuff, stuff. Um, including your Nintendo Switch. But I'm like, I need to get extra USB-C cables because I'm going between both campuses, two different campuses. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get in and finally get some new fingered chargers for my MacBook. There you go. Um, but the best part is the first set I got did not work. So you still run in, even though it should be one standard protocol, etc., that's not always the case. No, it's not. Uh, so I got some family Christmas gifts done, as well as um, they were running a really sweet deal on getting a ring doorbell. Oh, nice. Uh, like super duper cheap. And if you are were a Prime member, uh, you get a free um, one of those uh, Echo Dots thrown in. So oh, yeah. The doorbell came today, and so I just have to install it. Did you get the battery-powered one? 
or the um, actual. I think it's the actual hardwired one because our our um, our bell is already um, wired. So. Ah, uh, so you'll just place that one. Very nice. Very yep, yep. nice. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've got a question for everyone out there. Do you remember a company called Gamefly that sent you copies to of games in disc format to your mailbox? Heck yeah, I do. It was like Netflix, but disc-based. I mean, it ah. was kind of a cool idea at the time. Ah, see, see you're thinking that it's gone. Wait, it's not. Says- Gamefly still exists, ladies and gentlemen, and it just was bought out by a uh, company called Alliance Entertainment. Now, the streaming portion of Gamefly was bought by EA back in 2018, but apparently Gamefly, the actual physical disc uh, mailing service, still is alive and well. I did not know that. I was not aware either. So, of course, they didn't disclose how much money uh, the deal was, but I going to be totally honest with you. I don't foresee it being a shit ton of money because as it's obvious between myself and Zelius and probably a bunch of you out there as well, we didn't even know that Gamefly was still a thing. Uh, I mean, I guess I could see like if you're a console based gamer where you could still buy disc and stuff, I could understand that at least. I mean, it's not totally illogical. I mean, we grew up going to, you know, Blockbuster and getting a game to hopefully beat in a weekend. So I can understand that. Um, but I'm still surprised. You know, because of the, um, be, uh, the what you were just talking about, you know, going to Blockbuster to rent a game to beat it over the weekend. Uh, way back in the day, um, original PlayStation day, uh, me and a buddy went to our local Blockbuster and rented a game called Beyond the Beyond, which mm. was like universally panned by critics, but we loved it. And then, uh, of course, we had to return it, and it took me a while, but I found a disc copy, and I own that damn copy, but I, of course, I haven't played it in forever. Uh, it is It was an RPG uh, game, so. So, Beyond the Beyond, what was it actually? Beyond, beyond? the Beyond. What was the Beyond? What was the Hell if I know at this point. I don't. It's probably been twenty years since I played it. Oh well, that's kind of disappointing. Yes, yes, I know. That was a major letdown, man. Oh, I'm sorry, but speaking of games, um, so uh, as some of you know, uh, Zelius and I are have been gaming for a while, eons, and uh, there were some games, some heavy duty games out there that required. Basically, an entire folder full of discs that you had to switch out so you could play this PC game. Ah, uh, yes. Baldur's Gate. Uh, so, uh, hopefully you guys know this. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is the early access version is out right now. So you can start playing your Baldur's Gate 3. Hmm. So, here is the question that I pose to you, Zelius, and of course, the rest of the audience. Um... With the early access version of Baldur's Gate 3 out, of course, as soon as a big game like this comes out, you have those individuals who try to beat it as fast as possible. Yeah. For people who don't know what that means, what they t- what they try to do is do a speed run, where, of course, you're trying to run, sprint through the game uh, to see how fast you can do it. Uh, I believe it was uh, Skyrim... Uh, bl- wait, uh, Skyrim... No, it's Skyrim. 
good Lord, Elder Scrolls Skyrim, that someone was able to do a speed run for, I think it was like 16 minutes, um, and beat the entire game. For Baldur's Gate 3, the speed run for the early access version is seven minutes. So hmm. my question to you, ladies and gentlemen, is when you see that statistic of this, uh, of people do uh, trying to, uh, well, people accomplishing a speed run, Yep. And it being like an astronomically low number, does that affect your desire to play the game? Not particularly, um, because I assume that the people who are speedrunning the game are doing some kind of crazy way of doing it, basically. Um, and they're probably going to take shortcuts. They're not going to play any side quests. Oh, God, no. Um, and all that stuff. So not really... Um, and they're also going to play it in a game that's probably not relevant to 99% of the gamers. Well, I, you're right. I, I think the, the problem is when you, especially when you have, um, it's hacks. Thank you, Ryan. Um, first of all, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to point out that the Ryan Moore, who is currently, um, in our chat room is the one and same Ryan Moore that I talk about every single week. He is the owner of Hi hero chiropractic. Now, um, this, this, bugs me to death when you see these open world games that have where people yes okay so i like and i don't like about speedruns when it's an open world game what you're basically giving to an individual is the ability to become part of that world for as long as you want to some people spend uh, hundreds and hundreds of hours in an open world game and of yep. course you have these people who do speedruns the thing is I guess for me personally, when I think open world game, I'm not trying to see how fast someone could beat the game. I want to see what an average time is for the game. You know, like I guess I don't even care so much about the timing of the like how long a game takes. It's not really a good barometer for my wanting to play the game. I'm just more interested. What is the overall gameplay experience in general? True. Um. Especially if I'm not buying games at full price, anyways. Although the Switch kind of throws that out the door sometimes. Well, they, they've um, actually they've been having a, a couple more sales than than they have. Okay. I did actually buy Zelda Breath of the Wild for forty five bucks finally. Atta boy. No, it was on sale. So so the Switch, <laughs> the Switch sales are really confusing to me. And wh why I say that is the vast majority of the games that are discounted when you look at the the Nintendo oh, e store or shop are the games that are always freaking discounted. So why, I mean... Does, you mean does, like the MSRP $20? It's on sale for four cents today. No, okay, so that's the thing, though. Like, it, it, are, are we basically... I understand in our society, when you, instead of saying $5, you say $4.99, people are like, holy shit, that's, that's, that's amazing. $4.99, oh my gosh, that's, that's so much cheaper than $5. Of course, it's only one cent, but for some reason, we have this, for 99 you put 99 cents at the end, and it makes it so much better, right? Yeah, that's a mental So, thing. so is it, is it the same type of concept when you're looking at uh, Steam sales and basically any digital distribution platform where you see that percentage off? Even yeah, if it's a I, constant percentage, even if it is 75% off every single time, it's never changed from 75% off since like a week after the game was released. Does that make you feel like, oh man, I need, this game is really discounted right now. I got to get on it now. No, it definitely is a psychological thing. 
where people will purchase goods that they think are on sale. I mean, look at Kohl's, where everything is on sale all the time, perpetually. I don't think you could buy something at regular price at Kohl's. And so it's definitely a thing with these stores. I mean, I'm thinking of brick and mortar in this case, where they try to always have wait, a discount. Wait, places that you actually have to go to? Well, supposedly these still exist. I'm not actually sure. Especially in this pandemic. Who the hell knows what's really out there? Actually, the only reason I go to Kohl's is to make Amazon returns. Oh, there you go. Uh, but I just go to the digital. Amazon store. What's that? I said I used to just go to the Amazon store because it's literally down the street from my office. But I haven't been to my office in, well, since March. Does it still exist? Have they like sold it off by now? No. So, uh, so for those out there who don't know, I work for a higher institution. Um, what about a lower institution? What is that like? Is that like pre-K? Is that what that is? I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. Like it's always like, oh yeah, it's a higher, edu- uh, uh, you know, higher education institution. Like, what is a lower? What about the medium education? Is Do that middle school? Medium? I think that is. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, uh, so uh, I I work downtown, and my my main focus is on uh, accessibility and compliance when it comes to the Americans Against Disabilities Act. Uh, make sure that anyone and everyone who who has a disability is able to access every anything and everything, especially when it comes to applications and websites and stuff like that. So I work downtown in, in Atlanta, and there was just there was a um, uh, an Amazon store right there, uh, but. I have not been there, and the the new news is that uh, the floor that I was working on is no longer going to be owned by the institute because they're downsizing because that building is an uh, open-air collaborative workspace, which, of course, ah. is the worst thing to have during a pandemic. Yep. Uh, so they're going to what's called a hoteling type of system where you kind of, just like a hotel room, you rent it for however long, and then you return it, uh, and then someone else gets to use it. So, but anyways, hmm. uh, my floor is getting um, is getting knocked out of the equation. However, I did reach out in a slight panic, going, um, but I still got stuff in my desk, and like, oh well, that's for the future. We haven't actually done that yet. And I'm like, good, <laughs> good, 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 good. So, yeah. Are you even like? Could you go in if you wanted to? Not right now. Oh. Hmm. Uh, one because I haven't filled out the necessary paperwork and gotten the necessary checks. Uh, but, uh, no, not right now. Gotcha. All right. Now, uh, speaking of things to do while you're at home, uh, some of you out there, Oh, I've got one thing about speed roaming. Yes, sir. Is I also think a exceedingly tiny proportion of the actual gaming population probably even knows speed running is a thing. True. Like it's a very niche thing where they would even really even know that, oh my gosh, you can speed run Skyrim in an hour. That's a 16 very minutes. Small, a, a, very few people are going to even know that in the first place. But so I you're know, talking, damn it. The overall gaming population, teeny tiny percentage of that, and I would reckon of that teeny tiny percentage, the ones who probably care are the ones who are probably already interested in the game anyways to start with. Well, to be honest and, with you, the, the people who probably actually, actually give a shit about the, the uh, speed running is are probably part of a speed running community. And if somebody really is not going to buy a game because you can speed run the game in 16 minutes, I'm going to guess that's probably the gamer you're just never going to make happy. I, I know that when Skyrim came out, there was like a pushback uh, for some, I guess, 
I would, I don't want to say more casual gamers, but there were a bunch of gamers out there going, whoa, I'm not paying 60 bucks if you could beat the game in 16 minutes. And my, and of course, our response through this entire show shows you that you're not, I mean, no one, unless you're trying to beat as fast as possible, no one's going to try, no one's going to beat the game in 16 minutes. Yeah. Uh, there is so much content in an open world game. Uh, side quest, uh, you know, um, uh, little hidden Easter eggs, all that stuff. They're, you're going to get your money's worth when it comes to an open world game, as long as the mechanics are sound. Yeah. No, that's just silly. So, um, now back to um, pandemic times. Uh, some of you out there are probably already on the uh, VR bandwagon, but there is some new news, and that is uh, actually real quick. Ryan says, "I have a friend that constantly speed runs the Resident Evil One HD remake and is in the top twenty in the country, or something." Huh? That's true. I mean, that you know, you can basically you can make a sport out of anything if you really want to, and of course, there's going to be. I mean, it's I guess it's kind of like. In a way, it's the new high score thing. Like a lot of the games, you don't get like a point total at the end. So now it's how fast can you beat this game? Or you throw you, you throw a little bit of a curveball. How fast can you beat the game at 100% completion? Because that's insane. Hmm. Anyways, uh, so back to uh, VR. VR, for those out there who don't know virtual reality, uh, there are quite a few different headsets out there. There, There is the Facebook Oculus, uh, and then there's like a couple fl- different flavors of Oculus. Then there's, of course, the HTC Vive, which I think is, that's the one that Steam has partnered with. And then PlayStation, or Sony's got something out there. Uh, but uh, first of all, um, it, the only way that Alter Confusion is going to get a headset is if someone was to send it to Alter Confusion, because Alter Confusion does not have that much money. But uh, I was just re- announced the Facebook uh, Oculus Quest 2 VR headset is uh, now out for $299. Uh, it is both a standalone device or could be a peripheral to run experiences that demand a powerful PC. Uh, the new headset has fast switching LCDs with a res. Resolution of 1832 by 1920. Uh, It is 50% more pixels than before. Uh, While it is limited to 72 hertz refresh rate now, the 90 hertz uh, support is coming in an upcoming software update. There is one big gotcha that are driving people away from the Oculus, though. Uh, With the Oculus, you have to have a verify, or you have to have a valid Facebook account. So it's going to be tied to your Facebook account. Yep, that's correct. Um, And the funny thing is, is so like schools actually like to use VR. Uh, It's very useful. So like right now we can't travel anywhere. So they have a school using VR to like, for instance, visit Washington, D.C. or wherever you want to go is not an uncommon thing. The Louvre. Um, uh, I wouldn't say it's common. No, no, they're they're doing a lot of, I mean, they're doing a lot of field trips, especially to like uh, um, uh, international locations like the Louvre in, in, in Paris. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is according to regulations, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be basically using a social media account at school. So by requiring to have a Facebook account to log in to the Oculus Quest 2, can you actually use that in school? And some schools might be no, because there's absolutely no Facebook allowed at school. Could, could, couldn't you just register that? 
like a bunch of headsets to your uh, Facebook school page? Uh, yes, but then the question is, is that student, because via using the Oculus, now also using Facebook concurrently at the same time? I know I'm being pedant here, but that's very purposeful because in a way that student is now actually using Facebook to utilize a resource. Yes, but it's just the login. I mean, they're still they're still accessing Facebook as a student when they're under the age of 18 without the approval of parents. That is the issue. It actually is a legal issue. Uh, Ryan says, are people freaking out about it due to the idea of invasion of privacy? I know a lot of people think that's part of it, more and more tracking, et cetera. Well, of course, I mean, Big Brother is already here. Uh, it's been here forever. Um, no, but but when it comes to utilizing a, a VR account that has a, a social media uh, component to it, my question is, is it one of those like one-time authentication things? I don't think you actually have to... Um, I don't think that... Because you have a uh, uh, an Oculus whatever uh, Quest Two that mm -hmm. you can now browse Facebook or something like that, you're utilizing. It's like logging into any of your websites through your your Facebook login or your Gmail login or whatever. You, you know, there, it's it's one login to rule them all, except it's a required one. But you know, you got to log in to utilize the equipment. So I don't. But then again, I am not. Uh, the IT director or associate director or IT manager of a school. So, uh, and I'm sure that there's probably uh, some different rule sets for public versus private. So, well, the other issue too that we found is like if as a school you use the, and this isn't just Oculus, this is any of the headsets in general, but mm -hmm. not really made for schools insofar as you can't really lock them down. So, my worry would actually be if you log into this Oculus Rift, with a Facebook account, or Oculus Quest in this case, at least on what we've seen on our end, there's not really a way for me as the teacher then to lock down that VR device to prevent that student to actually go and downloading apps. I mean, I know you can lock down the account technically to like, you know, not be able to download and see 17 stuff. But as far as locking down that device to prevent the student from browsing, and doing things, okay. We're, most of them don't actually have that feature. Are, are, are we? Are we? Are you approaching it from a virtual learning standpoint, or I'm approaching in, it from the ed, from the school standpoint, right? right now, I, yes. but, but why would you? Why would you allow someone to utilize the Oculus Rift outside of the the exact attendant things? Like if you're going to art class, everyone has an Oculus Rift, and they're going to look at the Louvre or well, here's, here's the Smithsonian. Well, okay. That's a good question. So here's the second problem with that. Mm -hmm. As a teacher, I don't actually know what my student's seeing. When you be able to lock down to uh, just the, the website that accesses that? That is the issue with these devices is you can't lock down the devices. But you could but if you're utilizing through a web browser, you could you could dictate what website they can hit. Um, the problem, so like if you start trying to do that, it gets super, super tricky. So like, are you saying that you're not up to the challenge, Zelius? Are you saying I, that, that you're not yeah, smart enough to do this? I spend my time trying to lock down an Oculus Quest because they're requiring Facebook accounts because yeah. Just spoof it. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I don't know, that, but that's, that's not just the Oculus. That's in general. Oh, right. The idea of locking down VR is not really much of a thing right now. Um, and so that's actually been an issue with students using it. You're not 
always actually aware of what the student's doing because they could easily swipe to another app and you wouldn't know it. But once again, how, okay, never mind. I'm, we're, we're getting into semantics here. Like, mm, anyways, uh, let us move on. <laughs> um, let us talk about something that I'm sure is not going to piss anyone off. We're I can try. Uh, so um, after, uh, we, we quickly discussed this last week. Uh, it was the Monster Hunter uh, movie teaser trailer. And now, of course, there is a more full-scale uh, trailer out there. Um, and after watching it, I, I have one question. And it's a question that I continue to ask myself when I see the vast majority of, of video games... Yes, the only one question, maybe more, but this is the most important one for me personally, and that is when Hollywood gets a hold of a video game IP, is it just too much to ask to actually do fan service or to literally just bastardize the shit out of an IP where all the crap that's happening is not part of the canon and you just throw random shit in there because you think that it would be more appealing to the general masses. I think you just answered your own question. It's stupid. Like, look, in, in Monster Hunter, I'm not, I mean, this is the trailer, so you can watch it for yourself. I'm not giving away anything in the movie. Yep. What is it with having freaking military people interacting with shit that shouldn't be there? That that's Transformers. Now apparently that's Monster Hunter. There you've got a bunch of military people who find these old stones that get struck by lightning, and you get warped into a different world. Monster Hunter, which is you know all about you know going hand to hand with some of the big old nasties, and of course uh, you've got um, you've got an all terrain vehicle with a Gatling gun on the back, and then somehow there's an airplane that just shows up and. Uh, you got sniper rifles or something. Like, what the? We've got to get back, and we got to close this portal. Huh? That's not. That's not Monster Hunter. It's like, it's like the the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. Uh, well, the one conundrum is Monster Hunter doesn't really have a story to it. There's not really much of a. I mean, there's quests to go kill monsters. Exactly. You so you create in... you create a world. Yep. Where you okay. Every single fucking game. All you gotta do is create. You seem very pissed off. You you in in all these freaking games, you have a gaming universe. Okay, you've all you gotta do is do like a mini story about a character, a specific character in there, beating up like whatever the end game is supposed to be. Ta-da! That's it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and bring in shit that has nothing to do with the the IP. It'd be like have you met Hollywood before? No, I got oh Jesus! I, I mm. this, this pisses me off to no end. I mean, the the way look if you want m- movies that, that you want if you want an example of a movie that stays st- almost perfect to the IP, and of course gets a little Hollywood corniness in there as well. Look at the original Mortal Kombat movie. Mm. It's Which a fighting game. Fun. That movie. What's the movie about? Fighting. Yes, which is greatly enjoyable, and that's one of the reasons why. That's actually where I really like the anime Dragon's Dogma, is because mm-hmm. it actually kind of sticks to the anime. Like, there's scenes, and they're like, oh, this is straight out of the video game, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, the first Resident Evil actually did a decent job, I thought, of sticking to it. 
um, went kind of off the rails eventually, but you yeah. know, whatever. It's see, I've had these issues. I've had this issue with Hollywood uh, and it really blew out of control when the Transformer movies, uh, Michael well, Bay's boom, boom explosions, lots yes. of military people with a couple robots and they call it Transformers started happening. And there's just, and then the more I think about it, the more I look at, you know, all of these, uh, these amazing, uh, uh universes and storylines and all this stuff. And, and the U S basically just pisses on it and going that nah, no one's going to ever understand that. Um, it's yeah. very rare to see stuff stay, uh, true to the source material. And I don't understand the, well, actually the thing I really don't understand is when you Americanize a foreign film. Like, if the movie is amazing internationally, why the fuck are you having to make it special for us dumb Americans? Are we are we not sophisticated enough to enjoy the the full, you know, experience of this movie? Do we do we have to, you know, do we have to get the uh, the short bus version. It's the least common denominator. Us? Yes. No, it's just, it's so, I mean, as you can see, I'm full of rage when it comes to individuals, mm. especially Hollywood, take utilizing or grabbing on a hold of an existing IP and then basically shitting on it and then twisting it. And then it's literally the only reason that you know that it's supposed to do something with this other IP is that the name is in the title. Such anger. Yes, yes, I do. I I hate it. I really do. If you want to make a Monster Hunter movie, then make it about Monster Hunter, not about these... Um, that's the other thing. Why always the American military coming into like an alternate universe to save everyone? Because that is the basis of how we start. I mean, because then you don't have to give a real origin story. They already know how to fight. So you eliminate like half of a reluctant hero story because you don't have to like level up the character in game. Oh my God. You do a quick flashback about a kid who is training uh, by his grandfather or his uncle or something. The uncle tr or grandfather tragically dies. And then this guy f jumps into that per that the, the sensei's shoes and there you go. I don't know what to tell you then. I just solved the freaking problem. Anyways. Um, Maybe you're creating a problem by trying to overcomplicate quality cinema. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, deep breaths, deep breaths, deep breaths. You can do it. I have faith in you. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so that I can have a little bit of a breath of fresh air, we're going to do a quick shout out to all of the friends of the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get to it. The first one, of course, is the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. 
They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. As I've stated several times before, uh, Ron Jones is the uh, mastermind behind the Indie Cluster. Uh, he is amazing. Zelius and I, of course, have seen the Indie Cluster booth at several of our um, uh, different conventions that we've attended. And if you're interested, if you are an independent uh, developer and you want to jump in on this because they can definitely help you uh, with the booth cost. Uh, for those out there who don't know, booths cost a shit ton of money when you go to a convention, especially the bigger conventions. So if you're if you're an independent developer, you might want to check out the Indie Cluster. All right. So the next one is, ladies and gentlemen, Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. And uh, I don't know if he's still there, but our, my actual chiropractor, who Ryan Moore, who runs Hero Chiropractic, uh, was in the audience. And of course, he uh, adjusts myself and my son, uh, and uh, it's been beneficial for both of us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, moving on to the next shout-out, and that, of course, has to be Nerdburger Games. Nerdburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nerdburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerdburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forgo dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. And of course, as we have uh, stated many, 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 many times before, uh, Nerdburger Games is uh, responsible for games such as Capers, uh, Die Laughing, Murs and Acquisitions, that of course, uh, Good Strong Hands. Uh, Zelius, what is the total uh, for Good Strong Hands right now? Right now, the total is at $11,296 from 258 backers, and that's an original pledge of only needing $3,000. Yeah, buddy. I would say it's met its goal quite well. And, and right more. now, it is only... Wait, wait, I need to do some math here. Uh -oh. It is only $704 away from the $12,000 goal of getting two, two, two folk playbooks. Well, they'll add animates and paragons. Noise. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, of course, we have to do one more shout-out, and this, of course, is to our wonderful stopping ground. Ladies and gentlemen, Battle & Brew. Battle & Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle & Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon-to-be favorites. 
They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. And seriously, if you do not believe me about the hardest trivia in it, in town, then by all means, go to the next trivia night and then uh, get yourself a huge box of tissues because you're probably going to be crying your eyes out when you think that, oh, I know this topic. And then they basically kick you in the metaphorical nuts because you don't know it as well as you think you do. You don't know Jack. I love that game. It's a classic. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, since we've gone that part, let's do some uh, shout-outs to what Alter Confusion is doing. Uh, Alter Confusion, of course, first off, is once again, uh, we are proud to say that we are fundraising for Extra Life for the ninth straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, gaming to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. For Alter Confusion, for nine years running, our Children's Miracle Network Hospital is Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. The money that you raise, that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen hospital as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the children they treat. And as I stated many, 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 many times, Children's Healthcare Atlanta Healthcare of Atlanta uh, has seen me quite a few times when I was growing up and also all of my siblings and now my children. So I will support them and help them as much as I can. There you go. Now, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, speaking of Alter Confusion things, uh, Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans slash supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Um, we, we currently have uh, two different platforms, or I guess levels. Uh, they are at the $1 and the $5 month a month uh tier. Of course, if you want to go above that, you can. But if you do go above $5 a month, please reach out to me. I want to give you something special because I want you to get your money's worth. Uh, And then finally, um, if you cannot um, commit to a subscription, uh, you know, a a $1, $5 subscription each month, well, you can, but you want to do a financial donation. All you got to do is go to www.alteredconfusion.com. There on the left-hand uh, toolbar is a Donate Now button, or if you're watching this live on Twitch, go to, uh, there is a toolbar below our show that has a Donate Now button, and that, of course, will go to Alter Confusion as well. If you do not have the ability to give us a financial donation, but you want to help us out, the best way to help us out, and you, and if you are donating money, of course, help do this uh, on top of donating money, uh, and that is uh, tell you know share. If we do something awesome, share it, retweet, uh, favorite it, um, uh, subscribe, uh, follow, uh, of course, attend all of our Thursday night hangouts, and of course, become more of the uh, discussion. 
Aussie Confusions, Thursday Night Hangouts are, are really, really, really for you. We love having conversations with individuals that may or may not share our view. I mean, this is what we do during the convention season. Unfortunately, we have not been able to do any conventions, so I'm I'm basically leaning very heavily on the Alter Confusion Thursday night uh, hangout so that I, we can have these discussions that we usually have during a convention. Now, of course, if you want to send something physical to Alter Confusion, say a Funko Pop, or because that apparently is the thing to do, or if you want to send us, maybe you have a, a company um, and you'd like for us to show off some stuff, uh, what you could do is you could send it to Alta Confusion at 1551 Dunwoody Village Parkway. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y Village Parkway. And the next part is super duper important. Number 88276. Why is that number 88276 so important? That is the actual P.O. Box number. If you refrain from adding that number to the address, it will go to the post office proper and it will be sent back to you within, I think it's like three to five business days. Uh, the city, of course, is Dunwoody, once again, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, zip code 30338. And as I've stated before, if you have sent uh, something and you're like, well, what the shit? You, Charlie, you, you're supposed to, I mean, get on this. We've sent you stuff, but you haven't you haven't shown it off. Uh, the reason is um, because it's wonderful pandemic. They, uh, you have to turn in your uh, package card to the actual post office clerk, um, and there's always only one person working the damn counter. Uh, where there's five places that could support mail workers, uh, so a package could take anywhere from picking up from anywhere between 30 minutes and two and a half hours. So unfortunately, mm. I just have not had the freedom to actually uh, stand in line and get the amazing stuff that I'm sure that you've uh, been sending us to our post box. So anywho. Um, so uh, I know that uh, some of you out there may recall that Zelia's and especially myself, and then of course some of our friends and fans of the show uh, played, once upon a time, uh, Smite. Smite, of course, mm -hmm. is Hi-Rez uh, Studios, which now Hi-Rez has been split into several different studios, so I believe it's Titan Games Studio. I believe that's their specific uh, new name. But Smite, of course, is a, a MOBA that utilizes gods from different pantheons. Uh, of course, you got your Greek, you have your Roman, you have your Celtic, you have uh, uh, your... Uh, Arthonian, uh, whatever. Now, of course, uh, as of late, what you've been seeing is you've been seeing a lot of crossovers, uh, like nostalgic crossovers. Of course, with the, uh, I guess, like the reemergence of Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix, uh, Smite, of course, had, um, they had skins for three of the characters. Uh, Aang, uh, the the, the airbender, who's also the avatar, uh, Zuko, which was the fire, uh, the fire prince, and then Korra, which technically is not Avatar the Last Airbender. It's actually the follow-up series, but anyways. Uh, those skins, of course, are applied to existing um, characters within Smite. Aang was Merlin, Zuko was Susano, which is kind of weird, because Susano is 
I'm pretty sure Susano is water, yet you have Zuko as fire. Uh, and then mm. Korra is uh, Scotty. Korra and Scotty make total sense because Korra is supposed to be ice or is water. And of course, Scotty is uh, ice as well. And But the big news that came out uh, recently is that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is now going to be uh, in Smite. Uh, not the act. I mean, the skins. Not you're not gaining like Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo. You're getting skins for existing uh, gods and heroes, um, f- but the skins of the the Ninja Turtles. So you have Donatello as Sun Wukong, which is a which is a god. I think it's a Chinese pantheon uh, who basically has a huge ass um, staff. No, what's what's the what's the is it a bow? B O. Yeah, it was a bow. Yeah, I know. I know there was a better term than staff. Um, the staff is the catch-all. Yeah, exactly. So Donatello is Sun Wukong. Uh, Raphael is the skin for Loki, which I think is amazing. That's that being that just screams Raphael and Loki. I like it. But here are the two that I don't understand. You have Osiris, who of course. Uh, he's, oh shit, God of the Dead, I think. And that's going to be Leonardo. But Osiris doesn't have a sword. Osiris has got the scythes, I guess, which are technically, it's like scythe blades, but still just, I don't know, I don't see it. Uh, mm. And then uh, uh, Michelangelo is a skin for Mercury, which really confuses the shit out of me because uh, Mercury is all about running around in speed. It's not really nunchuck slinging i could not begin to tell you i mean i think is i haven't played smite in such a long time where i don't know what any of the characters do in the game anymore well i mean i could tell you i haven't played i'm gonna be honest with you i haven't played smite in forever as well and i was looking down with uh with trying to figure out which skin goes to which god i i found out that it there's a shit ton of gods out there uh or heroes or goddesses you know, uh, uh, superior beings out there that I was like, Oh shit, that's in the game now. Like I didn't know Merlin and King Arthur and all those guys were in there now. Knew they be. were in there. I don't know anything about them, but I've heard of them being in there at least. Yeah. So apparently one of them's overpowered too. There's, there's always OP'd guys. Let's be honest here. There's always going to be OP'd, uh, gods. And then, I mean, there's any game. Any game, especially any kind of game where you utilize a team, there's going to be the uh, the OP character or the OP build that makes like I remember uh, when when we were there was like the the million HP Hercules. Does that in a way kind of maybe keep new players interested because by having these new strong characters are incentivized to play those new characters. Whereas if they're really weak and lame and not powerful, then nobody will play them. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, I, but the thing I'm, I'm coming more at the angle of, um, of the constant need to like tweak, um, yeah. you know, that, that kind of, uh, okay. Here, here's the, here's the pantheons, uh, for smite. You have the Arthurian, Arthurian, uh, you have the Chinese, you have the Celtic, you have the Egyptian, the Greek, the Great Old Ones, which is Cthulhu, uh, Hindu, Japanese, Mayan, Norse, Polynesian, Roman, 
Slavic, voodoo, and Yoruba. I'm not exactly sure what Yoruba is. Mm. Uh, ruler of the heavens and goddess of the rivers. Uh, so I'm like, I mean, that's the two gods they have. But anyways, but I think it's cool. When you have crossovers from existing properties, yes, you're not going to have the actual characters in there. They're just going to be like limited time skins. Anything, when, when you have a very popular game and you put limited time on some kind of uh, cosmetic People go ape shit for that stuff because they're like, I mean, I don't really like this character, but I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I might, you know, drop some money just so I can have that skin, just in that off chance that maybe I'm playing Assault and Smite, and they do the random assignment of gods so that I can have that skin. So instead of having yep. Osiris, I have Leonardo. Now, but you want them all, don't you? Because they're all awesome. Oh God, it's Pokemon all over again. Which, by the way, Pokemon Go is partnering with. Um, Oh shit! Uh, Grubhub for an upcoming event, and you could get a uh, an exclusive, a very rare uh, Pokemon to catch during that event. Don't you know you got to catch them all? Got to catch them all. Uh, also, speaking of Pokemon, there is there is another, uh, I guess, series, anime, uh, whatever out there uh, called Digimon. And apparently there was a new Digimon supposed to be scheduled for this year. It has been, unfortunately, been pushed back to 2021. So, Oh, you mean the Pokemon, which I've only ever played Pokemon Go for like a hot minute? No, I'm talking about and, Digimon. Oh, Digimon. I don't think about Digimon either. Especially Pokemon, but it's kind of like, it's kind of more like, uh, it's like Pokemon meets... Uh, are those the ones like you have to raise or something and take care of, or am I thinking of something totally different? I I think I it, I think it's like Pokemon meets Monster Rancher, which by the way, Monster Rancher, if you never played the game, was awesome back in the day, where uh, these uh, historical discs, which were literally CDs, DVDs, and game discs, um, uh, would unlock hidden monsters. What was the one where like you had like the actual like individual game device and you'd raise your characters on those tamagotchis i don't know is that what they were i never played yeah, the, it, but I never... The, it was like a little keychain thing and you yeah. had to yeah tamagotchi yep. there was another brand i don't know but tam tamagotchi was the big one hmm never played them i knew hmm. they were a thing because i saw people play them all the time but speaking of pokemans um there were two very rare uh, Charizard cards, which went, which were sold, and I guess like the past two weeks, uh, one was sold at auction for a whopping one hundred eighty-three thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and uh, the individual who paid that much, which actually that is what they, uh, that's auctions. Okay, what you. That is your bid, but it turns out there's like a bunch of other money behind the scenes for like tr like a bunch of other crap. So r really, it it turned into like a two hundred thousand dollar transaction. Uh, so that was during auction, and but the ironic thing is that at the same time, an individual, another, okay, first of all, the 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 person who won an auction is a rapper by the name of Logic. So it's a a very uh um. 
well-known, you know, uh, celebrity. Uh, And then the other was also uh, purchased. This one was purchased by a private collector. And I really hate calling this individual celebrity. Uh, I'll just say YouTube personality. And that, of course, is Logan Paul. Uh, He bought his from a Mm. a private collector for $150,000. Or... You could just have purchased the T-Rex stand for only $31.8 million. The what now? Uh, So a T-Rex went for auction up at Christie's and it sold for- Oh, like an actual Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, no, it's the actual skeleton, yes. No, right. I I was thinking, there's no T-Rex Pokemon as far as I can remember. Because my my son is- It's going to be now. My son is- Okay. My son likes- he his involvement with Pokemon is kind of like my involvement with a ton of the card games outside of Magic the Gathering and L5R, which is Legends of the Five Rings. And that is that I like the cool art. Um, I didn't actually really play any of those games. Uh, and my son has been getting Pokemon cards because he watches Pokemon movies and he's watched a couple of the shows and he's collected some of the books. So he likes the, the look of the cards, but he doesn't understand the first thing about the actual game. Yeah. Um, which, let's be honest, uh, as I've stated before, I actually wrote up an article. Uh, if you play the uh, the Pokemon PC game, it is so fucking complicated. And I'm sure that the actual card game is as complicated, but if I were to play, um, if myself or my son were to play either the Pokemon computer game or Legends of Ruterra, we would jump at the opportunity to play Legends of Ruterra because... You don't have to read a fucking novel to understand the full scope of what a card can do. Mm. Uh, speaking of Legend of Ruterra, Legend of Ruterra just did do a huge um, content release, uh, I think, in the past day or so. And that uh, content release is called Monuments of Power. They have added a bunch of new cards. Um, they have, of course, every single patch for any game out there. You're going to see a bunch of the, uh, oh shit, what's what's it called? Um, when when they change up the stats, I am I'm totally blanking. Balance tweak, yeah, they're nerf. Basically, they're they're doing game balancing stuff. So of game course, balance you're, everyone. You're you're of course they're they're messing around with some of the cards, which is what happens every single Normal. time. Um, but uh, you're also introducing a bunch new, uh. Uh, champions, which of course are the your main characters, um, new boards, new guardians, which are the little uh, monster guys that that kind of just sit there and cheer you on to victory. Um, and of course, it's just you know it's it's the exact what I was saying. Uh, you got that exclusivity of look at this uh, little guy who just sits there and. Um, feels your pain or is excited when you do good. Uh, and then of course the, the card backs and whatnot, what, once again, all cosmetic. Um, but the big thing is they've, but they in, look so pretty. They've introduced a new mechanic totally. And it's called monuments, which of course, you know, that's why they named it monuments of power. Mm. Is it monument? Yeah. Monuments of power monuments. Actually, um, there's a monument or a landmark uh, for each of the different um, regions, and each one uh, give you a different effect uh, depending on 
your uh, your their, your deck build. The one that I've used the most is uh, the Star Spring. No, it's not the Star Spring. Where the hell is it? Well, anyways, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but I'll tell you exactly what it does, and that is that at the end of every single turn, it will heal all of your damaged heroes, one point, uh, and if you heal all your players for a total uh, for a combined total of 22 or above, you automatically win the game. That's actually kind of cool. Which, that's, that's the first time that I've really seen that mechanic outside of a champion who I loathe um, because... There's a way to basically win the game almost immediately if you get the right card combo. But then again, any card game, if you get the right card combo, you're going to destroy everyone. Uh, the the old school combo that um, a lot of original Magic the Gathering uh, uh, gurus utilized was the card Lich and then Mirror Image. Oh, yeah. Lich would drop you to zero um, hit points. Uh, but you could not die as long as the Lich was out there. And then, of course, Mirror Image uh, swaps your HP with your opponent's HP. So you literally nice. would go kill them, which, of course, that um, was banned <laughs> really fast. I do find it cool. So on the um, Rune Terra website, mm -hmm. where it's talking about the patch, where it gives you the details, not just what they changed for the cards, but the rationale behind it. Yes, yes. Which that, I find fascinating. Yes, and, and it's... I always, I, they actually, if you go to the website, they'll give you the breakdown, but also in game, they have the ability to show you that, that breakdown as well, which I really enjoy because, you know, sometimes maybe I miss that, but there's, you know, basically, a, um, even if it's not a huge release, if there has been an update, you could click on it and you could see that they've fudged some numbers around, uh, to increase, uh, the, the the value of the card the the health the or decrease the attack or increase the cost or yep. maybe reword something but they give you an explanation it's not just like what was a two two is now a a three one live with that good or luck deal with that yes and you'll be happy when you do it yeah if you want to keep playing this game you're gonna be happy with whatever the hell we give you. <laughs> Um. All right, Zulis, do you have any topics, or or do you want me just to keep going? I'm fascinated by this website now. What? Lou no, don't get me into Legends of Rotera, damn it. No. Oh, funny thing, because away. of this huge release, uh, the um, the Did previous you start playing again? huh? Oh, I've, you start I've, playing? I haven't stopped playing. My son is the one who's uh, my son Brody is the one who's been putting a lot more time of Legends of Rotera than I have. Um, and I've actually you know what they need they need it on the switch. Okay, first of all, no, because I, I need to keep it just to one platform. I know that I can <laughs> already get it on my tablet or my phone, and I refuse to do that because I know that I would have no life. Um, but um, I'm not seeing a problem here, sir. No, I mean I, the the with the brand new like big release, the 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 competitive uh, season has ended, and I did not play a single um, competitive match or ranked match, I should say. Uh, so I was like, I th actually, you know what? I probably played one. So I got like, congratulations for for um, participating in last season. You gained this. And basically there's like a themed uh, avatar uh, image. And 
the higher up ranking you get, the 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 better looking one it is. So if you like, if you're like a um, diamond ranking, basically your master ranking, you get a yep. really cool looking look uh, image. Uh, they all the image looks the same. It's just like the coloring and whatnot. So if you have uh, because I only played one match, uh, the lowest ranking or tier is uh, iron. So do I really want to show everyone my iron image? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah, look at me. I'm awesome. I have iron. Well, I think I finally missed, like, intentionally the first Overwatch competition season in probably, like, 10 seasons. Mm. I haven't played Overwatch in a while. I, I've, To be honest with you, I haven't even tuned in Overwatch... Um, the, the pro league. Cause it's basically, I mean, it's falling all over itself. Well, I also got tuned into, um, Hades definitely took over oh, my life. God. And now Xeno saga or Xenoblade is have you, now have my... you beaten Hades yet? No, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm going to not going to lie. Like, I enjoyed from a roguelike game. I was good with it. It's really the first roguelike I've actually played over and over, but I can only take so much repetition. Okay, so okay, well, uh, it's not really. I guess it kind of is, but it isn't. What What's the boss that you get stuck at? Uh, I think I made it to the bull and his shield friend like twice. Ah, uh, yes, the Minotaur and yep. Theseus. Yeah, I made it there like twice. So I also don't know how many runs I've actually made in the game. I don't know if there's a way to actually see the there is, um, but you have to buy the upgrade. It's like a it's like a viewing pool that you can add to your room. Oh, interesting! You add that, and it'll tell you how many uh, attempts you have uh, you've uh, uh, done, as well as how many monsters you've killed overall. But that's just something you purchase with the gems. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Huh. I may have to look into that just to see. I'd be curious. I don't know. Yep. So, but anyways, but, uh, yes, Celius. I would say the problem is now that I haven't played for a week or two, like I'm worried I'm going to, if I jump back in, I'll have forgotten some of those attack patterns anyways. It's, I mean, that's that's why every single time you pick up the weapon, uh, you, you could beat the crap out of Skelly to try to True. re- you know, kind of just, I guess, you know, learn the bike again. Reacclimate so yourself. Exactly. There it is. Reacclimate uh, your, yourself to pummel the evil things coming out. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I will, I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't actually played Hades in a while. And it's not that I don't want to, it's just my kids have been playing um, uh, Lego uh, Marvel superheroes too. And they keep, stopping mm. like mid mission. And so like, but we ran out of time. We want to keep playing. And so I, of course I can't, I'm, I'm finally to the point where I told the kids, look, here's the deal. If y'all haven't played in, in the last like 48 hours, I'm going to turn off that game and I'm going to play some of my games on the switch because gosh, darn it. I'm not going to just sit around on my hands. Speaking of which though, uh, I have been playing a lot of no man's sky. Oh, um, which it's literally, it's <laughs> it's still just a lot of mining. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but I did pick up. Um, now, of course, uh, I did beat uh, the solitaire 
Conspiracy, which of course I need to write up a review for that, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, but I also purchased a couple of uh, additional games uh, on Steam. Damn you, Steam. Uh, one of them being a game called uh, Epistory, Typing Chronicles. Now, of course, I'm always a little bit hesitant when it comes to trying to combine typing with um, with gameplay, but holy shit. Like, I got locked in to this this game because there's an RPG hmm. element to it, ah. and you have to be... Like, basically, it's a story that, that kind of unravels... First of all, I love the art style. Um, as you unlock new areas, it's, it's like pages from a book that kind of unfold and then kind of just uh, become kind of like a, a picture book where like trees start sprouting out and stuff. And then uh, when you see enemies, they have uh, words above them. You got to type them out. Sure. Thankfully, you can make mistakes. Holy shit. If you couldn't make a mistake, I'd be dead like a billion times over. Uh, but you, uh, as you progress through the game, you gain additional abilities. And of course, some of the, the monsters require specific abilities to defeat them, like mm -hmm. fire, uh, ice and wind, electricity. Fire, wind, ice. Well, those are the. Oh crap! I freeze Zelius again. No, you haven't done that in a while. I know. I got you back though. There we go. I was worried. I was petrified. Uh, oh lord. Um, but anyways, um, so yeah, I all of a sudden I lost like a like couple hours to that game because I became super duper competitive. Um, I, I you know I was like I. Especially if I lost, I'd be like, "Oh hell no! I know I'm a good enough typer to do this." Um, so I mean, I got I I got locked in, and um, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed that uh, that experience a lot more than I think I would have. Um, I could see that. Uh, so I've I played that, and then I played another game, which unfortunately has gone the exact same way as another game, and that is. Three quarters of the game I was able to complete, and now it crashes every single time at the end of a scene. And I just restarted my computer and and um, uh, cleared out uh, the cache and the cookies. Yeah, the exactly. Crumbles. And I'm going to try it again after this show to see if I can get it back because I was actually doing a playthrough of it. So it's kind of annoying that, uh, yeah. Well, Doo -doo. that's kind of crappy. Yeah. Uh, the name I'd of that very, game is I'd be very The Low Road. With that. It's called The Low Road. It's a very interesting game, very confusing, where you're super, you're you're like a an agent, uh, like a spy, but at the same time, it turns out that you also work at like a car dealership. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but anyways, uh, yeah. So hmm. interesting stuff. I don't know. Yeah, anyways. Mm. And of course, uh, I picked up a game that I'm sure Zelius should have already picked up, but he hasn't yet. And that, of course, is the latest uh, Steam game that uh, that I haven't actually stopped, started playing, but I know that Zelius is probably already doing that, and that is Wild True Learn. This what? game, there, There's a game out there called Wild True Learn. Oh, uh, okay. And of course, this I game is about you're a machine learning specialist who makes neural networks, but your cat seems to be better at it. Now oh, you Lord. must solve problem puzzles to build a cat to human translation system. Who knows what else that cat is capable of? Earn a fortune, buy kick ass cat outfits, and learn how machine learning really works. This is, you know what? I need to make my kids at school play this. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's actually a lot of um, fun games that. Uh, I mean, the that wonderful phrase that I I hate and I love at the same time: gamification. Of education. Of education. Sometimes they just Ooh, throw yeah. it on there to look important, but there are some games. There's there I would agree are, with that. are some like educational games that actually are beneficial to uh, uh, students. So that's just me. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, I think uh, at this time I believe that we can kind of close it down. Um, so I do want to once again remind you that if you want to uh, join us for Extra Life. Uh, we doing it on November the 7th, I think. It's a 24-hour game marathon that I will be participating in. I'll do all 24 hours. Uh, Zealers will, at some point, join in on the awesomeness. Uh, well, the nice thing now is with the Switch is how portable it is to just literally... I mean, you know me, I've packed up my entire PC, yep. all that mofo over. Yep. I was thinking about that actually last week, and like, wow, I could just bring over my Switch. And if I want to go really all in... I just take my monitor with me, which is easy peasy. Yep. Um, so that would actually be nice. I just have to remember a charging cable for your switch, which I guess you have one. I've got, I've got one for the base and then one, uh, uh, an extra one. I just don't know how accessible. Cause sometimes people put it like in a way where it's not really accessible, not in its natural. Habitat. Oh no, I, I've got, I've got the actual, just the cord that I have mm-hmm. in my, my bedroom, just in case I want to game into the wee hours of the night. Wee hours with the wee. Uh, like the it. switch, dude. Not the wee. The switch. Damn it! All right, I'm so, old time sakes. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I let's wrap this up. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning into the Ultra Confusion Thursday night hangout for myself, Charlie, and Zilius. It's been a pleasure giving you everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday night hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.